Hello and welcome to this edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes, and the Penguins will finally be back in action tonight as they will host the final undefeated team of the initial season, the Colorado Avalanche. They are a perfect 5-0 going into this game. They sh- they absolutely opened... Uh, well, I can't say that. I almost tried to do that yesterday. They shellacked the Capitals 6-3 the other night after jumping out to a 4-0 lead on them, believe it or not. And yeah, they're, they're, this is a very good team. But of course, please, folks, please subscribe, subscribe to the podcast on Apple and Spotify. Follow my Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter um, at LO underscore Penguins. I'm going to make an effort to try and tweet more from the lot, from the show's Twitter account. I usually just live tweet my games on my regular Twitter account, but I've been doing that for like six, seven years. So um, it's a gradual process, you know. Sometimes I get lazy and I decide not to do it, but. You know what? Tonight I will. Uh, tonight I'm going to try to start doing it more. But uh, getting back to this uh, preview, well, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> One more thing before that, um, Jesse Marshall. Shout out to you uh, for uh, for tweeting this. I saw this this morning. Uh, Crystal Tang will appear in his 745th game tonight for the Penguins. That is uh, fifth all time. Uh, he's going to be passing John Provost. And that's awesome. Crystal Tang, one of the most underappreciated Penguins of all time. He's going to go down as one of the best uh, players to ever wear the Penguin sweater. Uh, he's probably going to, well, if I if I were the Penguins, I'd probably have him up in the rafters one day. Uh, he's that good. He's the second best defang- uh, defenseman in Penguins history. He deserves it. And here's to getting to a 1,000 if his health allows it. I think that would be great if he would be able to get there. And, yeah, um, I just wanted to throw that out there. That it would be a 745th game. But now, back to the Avalanche tonight. Um, this is going to be a game where the Penguins are going to have to simplify their game. They're going to have to keep doing what they've been doing during this three-game winning streak. Not playing boring, you know, just just, just, just being stingy defensively. That's the big thing for this team. Um you know, not giving up bottom man rushes. That Colorado is definitely a team you do not want to give a lot of chances to, uh, because they will they will bury their shots. Uh, they, they are deep all around. They, they they've got a few forwards for during the offseason that I really liked. Uh, we'll get to that in a bit. But um, also Phil Grubauer, very good goalie. The Penguins are gonna have to capitalize on their chances. Uh, he was rock solid down the stretch last year for uh, Colorado and even in the playoffs as well. He's trying to. Uh, he's good. They're gonna hope that he can do this. Um, they're going to hope that he, he can do this now for a full season, I guess is the hope. But anyways, uh, back to, uh, um, I guess we'll, guess we'll also start now with Nathan McKinnon. Um, there are not five, do I die? I will die on this hill forever. I think most of you should probably die on this hill too. There are not five betters, uh, better players in this league better than Nathan McKinnon. Uh, well, I guess I should rephrase that. There are not five players in this league that are better than Nathan McKinnon. I don't think that's arguable at all, especially his last two seasons, 97 and 99 points respectively. Um, he is a superstar. He's one of the best players in the world. I don't think he's at Sidney Crosby's level, Connor McDavid's level, but he, I'd put him right behind them. Uh, he's Because I think Crosby and McDavid, they're at 1A, 1B. McKinnon, he's at that two spot, basically. Two, three, whatever you want. He's in that top five. He's just... He's that good. He makes everyone that he plays with around him great. And we'll get to Nico Ranton in a second. But McKinnon, um, he's off to another really good start this season. Um, he scored. He's putting up points as usual. He's their best player. And it is. I just also want to say it is criminally underrated. It is just criminal that he is paid so low for what he does. I don't know how he did not fire his agent uh, after 2016. He signed that seven-year, I want to say it's $44 million deal. He makes only over a little over $6 million per season. 
Like, are you kidding me with that contract? That is an absolute steal for the Colorado Avalanche, and they are going to be loving that deal at, through his prime years as they're not going to be up against the cap. But this is an Avalanche team, folks, that um, honestly could have taken a run at Artemi Panarin this offseason. They had, I think it was around $30 million in cap because they're just not, like, they don't spend up to the cap. They're not the Penguins. They're not the Capitals. They're not the Blackhawks. They don't have their all their core players locked up to so many long-term contracts like the Penguins do with Hornquist, Crosby, Latang, Malkin, uh, Murray, etc. Like the Capitals, Ovechkin, Backstrom, Carlson, Oshie, Holtby. Well, Holtby is up after this year, but still, same thing. They don't have like a quarter, like a third of their cap tied up to like their superstar players. I think it'll come at some point because McKinnon is going to get paid handsomely when that deal expires. I think he's going to be less than 30 when that deal expires. It expires 2023. So yeah, he's going to be around 28, I, I want to say, when that deal expires. So yes, he will He will probably get around 10. No, he'll get over 10, 11, 12 million per. He's he's outstanding. The Penguins are going to have to keep all their eyes on him. They're going to have to throw Dumoulin and Latang out there as much as, as much as possible against that line because I do not trust any other defense uh, defensive pairing for the Penguins out against McKinnon. Also, Miko Rantanen, uh, he's just freshed off, signed a, a deal this offseason as an RFA, making over $9 million per. He makes only $250,000 uh, less than Evgeny Malkin. He's coming off um, over an 80-point season. Uh, he's, uh, folks, he's only 22. Yeah, he's only 22 years old. Like, that is just, it is insane how this, this core is set up to win in the future. I don't think they're going to do it this season, but in the next few couple of years, I could really see it happening because just, they're just so... They're they're so young as a team. Oh, of course, Gabriel Landeskog, he's the vet on that line. Um, he's still awesome as a left winger. That that line of Landeskog, McKinnon, Rantanen, I, I honestly will say is the best line in hockey. I would put it over Marshawn, Bergeron, Pasternak. And I know I've seen the numbers and the underlying numbers of just how good that line has been over the past couple years. I would take this line over that. For years and for years um, well, I, I shouldn't say for years because last season and the season, well, yeah, but honestly, the last two seasons, I should say, the Avalanche, they were just a one-line team. They were that team. It's not like that anymore, folks. They went out. They, they signed some players. Jonas Donskoy, they signed for cheap. Um, they traded for Nazem Kadri. That was a monster trade over the offseason. They got traded Tyson Berry and... And they traded Tyson Berry away, and they got Nazem Kadri for him. So um, that was a trade that the Avalanche desperately needed because uh, they needed another setter down the middle. Uh, Kadri makes them deeper. The Avalanche are not deep down the middle. Tyson Yost is their next best center. He's not that good. And then they appear Edward Belmar, who's kind of, eh, you know, he's he's all right. And then, of course, they went out and they, uh, they have Andre Burakovsky now after uh, acquiring him from the Capitals. Um, he's kind of a player that's still trying to rediscover his game, I would say, a bit. Uh, he fell out of favor from the Capitals coaching staff. He plays on the second line next to Kadri and Don Skoy. Uh, Colin Wilson is there. Uh, JT Comfer, he's still doing, he's still doing all right, you know. They actually have them ranked as the number nine, uh, third line in hockey of Wilson, Yost, and Comfer. It's not too bad of a line. I like it, but, um, fourth line, Matt Calvert, uh, he came over from Columbus, of course. Matt Nieto, um, he was a former, um, a former shark, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, he, uh, and then, of course, guys, you get to their defense, and it's that, that's a good unit, guys. This is a good, even without Tyson Berry, everyone, this is still such a great uh, defensive uh, 
Accord. Eric Johnson, he can still play top pairing minutes, I'd say. Sam Girard is going to be one of the best uh, defensemen in the league very soon. And so will be Kale McCarr. They, those two players are going to be two of the best defensemen in the league in, in about three, four seasons. Uh, they are that good. Uh, Ryan Graves, he's down in the third pairing. Uh, Mark Barbario. And former Penguin Ian Cole is on the Avalanche. He is on the second pairing. Uh, uh, I sometimes do missing and Cole in the Penguins, but I think a lot some a segment of Penguins fans I'd say really um, overvalued him, especially when they had the Derek Brassard trade, which I would die on the hill. It was a great trade at the time that just didn't work out. Obviously, he was just in a rut. But a lot of people were saying like, "Wow, you know, you can't trade such a a great uh, PK guy and a great guy in the room and all that." I'm like, guys, you know, we're talking about a maybe a third-pairing defenseman, maybe a second-pairing defenseman. I know the Ian Cole-Justin Schultz pairing was very good, but just wanted just wanted to talk about that a little bit, I would say. But, um, yeah, I, this is this is a really good team. Uh, their power play, I, I, look, I was looking at their power play uh, this morning. They, they, you can, they can throw out Landeskog, Kadri, Ranton, uh, McKinnon, and Makar. Uh, that's just, uh, that's not fair. <laughs> if you don't want Makar on that power play, you can just put Sam Gerrard on there. <laughs> it is, that is filthy. That's going to be one of the best power plays in the league this season, and uh, we are talking about Philip. I, I think, yeah, Philip Grubauer, yep, he's going to be, he's, he'll be starting tonight. Um, obviously got traded there uh, from the Washington Capitals because Braden Holpe was the starting goaltender. And they're going to try, Avalanche going to try to make sure, like I said, that he can have that full season of playing really good because he was hot in the playoffs last season. But this should, like I said, this should be a really fun game to watch. The game is nationally televised tonight on NBC Sports Network. I'm, I think Doc, Doc is calling the game tonight. If not, it might be John Bornsland. Uh, you can also watch on NBC's uh, Live Extra on the website. Or you can also watch on the NHL Game Center app on your phone. And speaking of apps on your phone, you guys should really uh, take a look at the Vivid Seats app. It's an on it's an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. Listeners can watch their favorite teams and artists perform in person, earning credit back on all purchases made through the Vivid Seats app via the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. They offer great prices on the app and an easy purchasing experience, as well as an in-app loyalty program. You just have to go to the App Store, Google Play, and download the app. And if you do, you're automatically enrolled in a Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program, and you will enjoy credits on all their purchases as part of the Vivid Seats Rewards. And all the orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. All right. So um, I think another thing I wanted to discuss today, um, that's how I saw that come out. I didn't really know what else to talk about on the Penguins podcast today. Well, I guess we can start with by saying um, for injuries, it looks like, folks, Jerry McCann is a game-time decision tonight. Um, I've said it before. When Mike Sullivan says that, 95% chance that the player is going to play. Hell, I've even up to about 99. It's not too often that there's a player that when he says it's a game time decision that they don't play. It's happened, but it's not too often. So that would be big. Another injury that hopefully, uh, just an injury that um, hopefully does not go on the bad side for the Penguins considering they've had so many bad injuries to start the season. And... Um, Elliot Freeman's 31 Thoughts came out today. I guess I wanted to talk about that. I saw. I didn't know he was going to publish them today. Usually it's a um, it's a weekly thing, but you never know what day he posts it. He's always so random. But um, 
I want, I guess, to talk about that today. He had some uh, really good Penguin stuff in the 31 Thoughts today. Um, started He started first by talking about um, Sidney Crosby. Uh, he's saying the NHL is on notice. Yeah, he is back in the Hart Trophy consideration. Uh, 10 points in six games. Um, he, um, a lot of people were honestly saying he should have won the Hart Trophy last year. And, and I could see the argument. I know Nikita Kucherov put up. Like, what was it, like 120 points, 115, 118, somewhere around there. I know the Lightning ran away with the President's Trophy in the second half of the season. They were they really weren't even playing meaningful games from, like, February onwards. It was like they didn't even care. But uh, And that's why I think a lot of people uh, said Sidney Crosby should have won the heart was because he, at times, put the team on his back. He had his first 100-point season since 2013-2014. Uh, it had been that long since uh, Crosby had gone without going uh, over 100 points. Um, it, it's just, it, it, it's gone a lot harder to get 100 points in this league considering the scoring has dropped uh, a little bit throughout the years. But uh, yeah, he's he's definitely on pace to potentially get a heart this year. Um, um, and then also, uh, Mike, apparently uh, Friedman said, uh, Sullivan indicated that Pittsburgh's nine defense and might have to get used to a rotation. Um... I don't really agree with that. Apparently, uh, Jim Rutherford admitted to Elliot that there wasn't much of a trade market for what he had out there. His quote was, we might have to stay with, with what we have until everyone gets healthy, see where we are then. Yeah, well, that's if you get healthy. But, um, yeah, it, I don't think a rotation is best here. You you have to play the six guys every night that you feel are right, and you got to stick to it. Uh, I know I know the five. I know. I think I know my six right now that I would play, of course. Dumoulin, Tang, Pedersen, Schultz, Marina, Ricola. Um, I don't think Goodbranson and Jack Johnson give you the best chance to win every night. Hey, that's me. I'm not Mike Sullivan over here, but that's just my personal opinion on it. But um, there, I, uh, I've said it so many times, they're going to have to make a trade um before uh, everyone gets healthy, and well, like I said, if they get healthy. Um, I guess moving on, um, Rutherford apparently was not willing to give any timeline on Evgeny Malkin, but apparently he did not go undergo surgery. Um, and this was a funny, this was funny, uh, Ellie said, when I asked about uncertain timeliness, soft tissue injuries can present, John Rutherford laughed and said, that's why we don't give updates on injuries. Well, uh, I, I guess so, yeah. The Penguins for years, I, I've complained about this. Well, I haven't complained about this on the podcast. I've complained on Twitter. They are probably the only team in the NHL that gives the least amount of updates with injuries. Um, they'll, they'll usually say if there's a concussion, if there, if someone had surgery on something, but that's it. They'll just say, oh, yeah, he's out longer term with an upper body injury. They won't say, oh, he sprained his ankle. Oh, he tore um, something in his knee. Oh, he, uh, he sprained his MCL. He broke his hand. Like you, 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 they actually like try to like honestly make you go back and like watch the replay to see like what the injury is, and then have the Twitter doctors come out and be like, "Yep, that's what happened. He broke his hand." The thing was, they they just they they never do it. And uh, as much as it pains me that they don't do it, I mean, I kind of understand. Well, well, you know, I don't know if I really do, but um, one thing uh, I did like uh, from seeing uh, from Elliot Freeman was that apparently Rutherford made clear that he's not interested in trading a twenty twenty first round pick. Um, that's big. Uh, Jim Rutherford over the years has traded the first round pick a lot. Uh, I remember the Ryan Reeves trade, uh, the Derek Broussard, uh, deal. Um, was that Derek Broussard deal? Was that the first round pick that they gave up for him? Yeah, I believe it was. Um, oh yeah, David Perron, I think was a first round pick as well. That trade obviously didn't pan out though. Now Perron is out in St. Louis killing it. And then the last thing about this is, um, 
Apparently, he said Montreal, which has kept an eye on left shot defenders, took a shot at acquiring Yuso Ricola, who is around the eighth defenseman on the team. And he put in parentheses, Rutherford was not the source on this one. So I think that's a source probably from Montreal. I don't think the Penguins would leak that out. Uh, I think Montreal would. But um, and I think that goes to show that the uh, Penguins are not interested in training Yuso Ricola. Um, I mean, why would you, honestly? You've barely even seen what you have in this game. And I think he is going to get play time this season. You're going to have to give him playing time you, to see what he has like when Johnson or Goodbranson are traded, or both. Um, I, think he'd, I think he'd be fine in a third-pairing role. Um, that just would not be the defenseman that I would move, especially when you have two defensemen on the bottom pairing sometimes playing what, that are making over $7 million against your cap. So, yeah, not good. That was mostly all of one um, LA Freeman's 31 thoughts. He did touch on Sam Lafferty, who's been... Awesome. Uh, chipped in, yeah, three goals this past weekend. And we should see if he can keep it up tonight. Uh, it could be a, a three-game um, a, a three streak of scoring for Lafferty. Um, I want to see how he keeps playing in the NHL. I want to see if he really will be here to stay. I think he should uh, for right now, but obviously very low sample size. But, yeah, that's really that's just really what I wanted to touch on for Elliot Freeman's uh, 31 Thoughts. All right, so I guess for this last segment, I wanted to, um, I guess, have a little bit of fun uh, for this, I guess. Uh, it is 70s night for this Penguins game tonight. Um, I love when they do these decades uh, nights, 70s or the 80s, um, especially the 80s. Um, if you guys don't know about me, I'm a big classic rock fan. I'm a big 80s uh, hair metal band uh, fan. I love those bands. I love all the hair and all the shredding of the guitars. And I love 70s rock too. But And I saw today, I saw this morning that it's 70s night, which means it looks like that the guys from Slapshot are going to be at the, the game tonight, which is um, awesome because it's always so funny when they come to the game and they just they do all these interviews. They're right. I think they had a they had a clip. I think the Penguins uploaded when they were in the locker room and they were just telling jokes on everyone. It was hysterical. And then um, I think uh, uh, yeah, it looks like Dan, yeah uh, Dan Potash of the HNT Sports Net, uh, Sports Network in Pittsburgh. Um, he's, he's dressing up too. It looks like he's dressing up as Ogie. Um, okay, Dan. Uh, I, I absolutely love Dan Potash. I think he's, makes the, he makes the broadcast, uh, a lot better, uh, than it probably has been. Um, I do like Steve Mears too. Um, he's a massive upgrade over Paul Staggerwald, who, um, I would probably have some choice words for. I'm not going to say that here, but, um, I love looking into the crowd during these decades nights and just seeing everyone like dressed up and all this. And like, you know, you'll probably see someone in like a, uh, maybe, maybe you'll see someone in a mullet. Uh, but honestly, that's like more eighties though. That's the thing. Like for, if you're going for like an eighties night, that's, that's what I would, you know, I'd probably put up a mullet, you know, probably put some sunglasses on leather pants. Um, all that good stuff tonight. And you can probably still wear some sunglasses. You can wear like, uh, like a, a nice, like a open button down shirt. You don't even have to button it with like a shirt. Um, but yeah, that's, I think a lot, a lot of people wear it in the seventies. Um, um, I just, I, I love when people just, they dress up for these. Cause I totally would. I think the penguins have done a star Wars night too. That would be one that I would really, really love to go to because it, uh, it, I'm a massive fan of Star Wars. They should just keep doing like these nights, like just doing more of these nights every season because they're just so fun to like just just to crowd watch. Um, the 80s, uh, you'll see. Uh, I've seen people dressed up there as Madonna. I've seen people dressed up there as Slash, I think, uh, when I've uh, looked into the crowd. 
Uh, maybe tonight you'll see someone dressed up as, I don't know, um, uh, maybe Jimmy Page or something like that, a singer. Just, you know, anyone from the music genre, 70s, Tom Petty, uh, maybe the Beatles. They were still obviously going then. But, um, yeah, I just, I, I, I just, I thought that would be really cool to talk about. Um, I'm really excited to crowd surf tonight. I think I actually have a friend coming over to watch the game, so I'm going to make sure um, me and my friend uh, look at the crowd uh, while I watch the game, of course, and trying to offer my analysis on Twitter and live tweeting the game, just to you know, offer, um, just to you know, just to crowd surf and like see if what people are making fools out of themselves dressing up as something, or just to see new stuff. I guess, um, I guess, yeah. I, I wanted to make this segment a little more. Uh, fun uh i i guess for this last one there really wasn't too much else to talk about um i guess going into this game as i've said the penguins will have two more games this week friday and saturday they will host dallas and vegas and i really hope we get that mark andre Fleury matt marie matchup that we desperately need because they are they are they they are best friends. Whenever they they're on the ice together, like they've been on the ice together, they they warm up. It looks like together. Even when on opposite sides, they usually catch them talking for about five ten minutes, just just hanging around. And of course, uh, Sidney Crosby likes to go over there, chat up with Flurry Flurry uh, Chris Letang, all the Penguins that just um, absolutely adored him. Um, I obviously did, but you know what? Um, his time had to come, and uh, he had to he had to go, but. Uh, yeah, um, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Um, I hope my last segment didn't bore you guys at all. Um, I just thought it'd be a nice little way to end the show. Um, of course, follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Like I said, I will try and do more live tweets on that account, um, though I will be mostly live tweeting from my regular Twitter account, so definitely give that a follow. But yeah, guys, uh, we'll be talking. To- yeah, we'll be definitely be talking tomorrow. I'll have a. Uh, episode up probably recapping the game and maybe looking forward to the game against the stars on a friday night all right guys until next time